tuned into the Velo News podcast. I'm Fred Dreyer, editor in chief of Velo News, here with Spencer Paulison. Hey, Spencer, Fred. we have some interviews to get to this week, eh? That's right. Unfortunately, our Fast Talk podcast will be a little late. It'll come in next week early. Trevor was busy working on a magazine feature for for uh, the upcoming Velo News magazine. Sorry about that. Sorry, uh, or alternatively, he might have been a little uh, caught up watching the Grey Cup up there in Canada. Oh, Maybe that's, that's why true. didn't have time for the podcast. Oh, were there uh, were there any touchdowns? What do they call a touchdown up there in Canada? Uh, I think it's like a goal, like with the. I think it was the Rough Riders versus the... I don't know football at all. All I know is that Shania Twain (laughs) came out for the halftime show on a sled dog train. That is your cup update. Anyway... Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to the fast talk early next week. But for now, we'll tide you guys over with an interview here. Yeah, we did this interview at Interbike. It's a great one. It's with Austin McInerney, who is the president of NICA, the National Interscholastic Cycling Association. This is the nationwide mountain bike league for high school students that's growing like crazy right now. We talked with Austin, and he brought a NICA graduate, Cody Phillips, along to talk about uh, the reason why the program is growing, all of the different chapters that they have online now, the value that high school mountain biking brings to the lives of young student-athletes, etc. I I really appreciated this interview. But before we get to this interview, we want to talk NICA within the room here with a very special guest. Uh, we have Brad Kaminsky, our own photo director. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah, long-time <laughs> listener, first-time caller, Brad, in the room. Because, Brad, your daughter, Julia, is a NICA member, which means you're a NICA dad. That's right. Um my daughter, Julia, she's a junior at uh, Boulder High School, and uh, she's now gone through her third year of the uh, mountain biking program there, and it's been a really positive experience. What, Brad, like, wh- why did she get involved with NICA to begin with? What was it about high school mountain biking that was attractive to both her and then you guys as a family? Well, um, to start out, you know, we just did a lot of recreational mountain biking as a family. And then, um, you know, in her freshman year, she went to like a back to school night type thing where they show you a lot of clubs and activities and things that go on in high school. And without us pushing her in any direction in terms of sports or activities, she came home from that and she was like, hey, I want to sign up for the mountain bike team. And I just thought that was super cool. Do you think she'd be inclined to do just normal uh, summertime mountain bike races. Otherwise, is Nike is it is it attracting her and other mountain bikers in a special way that uh, kind of garden variety mountain bike races do not? You know, before her high school mountain biking, she did a couple little Bellas events. I think it was little Bellas, Yeti Betty Bike Bash, something like that. Um, and she enjoyed those, just getting out there and doing an event, riding her mountain bike. I don't think she like seeks out races so much, but I do think that being part of the mountain bike, the high school mountain bike team has um, brought her interest up in that respect. And I was actually thinking of maybe suggesting a couple of races that we could do yeah. father and daughter style uh, this upcoming summer to see if she wanted to do something outside of the cycling league. So what's a typical NICA race weekend like for the Kaminsky family? Uh, we usually head up the night before the race or the afternoon before the race because there's an opportunity to pre-ride the course. So it's a, it's a weekend affair. Uh, we usually get a, a hotel room because it's a couple hours away from 
our home here in Boulder. And, uh, you know, we go up and pre-ride the day before, which is cool. Um, I get to go out and do a ride with her before the race. And, uh, you know, we talk about basic stuff to think about uh, during the pre-ride and how that could maybe help her uh, on race day. And then uh, pretty early night, we just basically eat some food and fuel up for the next day. Then, you know, the, the following day is the race day. And I kind of just watch from a distance for the most part. The team has plenty of support. They've got great coaching. You know, they'll do a pre-ride warm-up with her team, and they all get ready for their, for their races. Cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. And it sounds like a good opportunity to, like, spend some quality time with a kid, do an activity that you guys both really enjoy and, um, you know teach this, the lessons around competition. The lessons of shredding. Yeah, shred <laughs> lessons. Uh, well, that's cool, Brett. You know, before I let you go here, what would you say, what impact do you think Nika has had on your daughter for through her first three years of high school um, beyond just, you know, the occasional um, scrapes and bumps and bruises and being able to, you know, be a better mountain biker? What impact has it had on her? I think she's made a lot of friends through the team. It's... Uh, it's probably made her go out and do some things that she wouldn't have done otherwise uh, with this group that she's become a part of. And um, also just kind of gotten her into uh, an activity, a physical activity that, you know, she'll probably do for the rest of her life, whether it's competition based or not, which I think is great. Okay, awesome. Well, let's get to our interview with Austin and Cody. Thanks for tuning into the Velo News Podcast, and we will talk to you guys next week. We are back with the Velo News Podcast. Fred Dreyer here with Spencer Paulson. We have some representatives from a program that I am really excited about, really reshaping the footprint of cycling across the country, and that is the National Interscholastic Cycling Association. And we have Austin McInerney, president of NICA, and we have Cody Phillips, who's a graduate of NICA, here to talk to us about the wonders of high school mountain biking. So, Austin, I thought a good place to get started is to talk about what does NICA look like in 2017? What does the program look like from a size and scope perspective? Yeah, it's it's been amazing the growth that we've seen over the years. And, and right now, <laughs> the, the scale, it, it just blows me away. We currently have programs running in 19 leagues, and those leagues are state-based. So we're in 18 states, with California being split into a northern and a southern California league. So 19 total leagues that are serving just over 14,000 student-athletes at the moment. And our programs are split between either fall or spring, because it's a high school sport. So you pick which uh, semester you're in, and depending on the weather. So right now, there are 12 states that are participating in the fall. They're in the middle of their race season. And then uh, seven more will launch up here pretty soon for the spring season. Uh, And in addition to those 14,125 registered students at the moment, we have just over 6,000 adults that have gone through our coach licensing program. And of those 6,000 adults, about a little over 4,000 are active, and that means they're actually coaching right now. So if you add those two together, we have about 20,000 
current active participants spread across those 19 leagues. So that's basically a snapshot of the footprint uh, on the United States at the moment. I mean, for perspective, like the number of USA Cycling license holders in the country, I believe is right around 70,000, something like that. So you're talking almost a third the size of all USA Cycling uh, registered participants. And that's the size that Nike is now. And there's growth happening because every year you're adding more programs. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, we've been on a, a real turbocharged pace here of adding uh, three leagues a year. Uh, and so we are in discussions right now with four new states that will be coming online over the next year and a half. And I'm not gonna disclose those right now. We were, we're gonna make a big splash about it in probably two weeks time. Ooh, breaking news. Yeah, there will be yeah, some breaking news here. coming. Yeah, yeah, stay, tuned. Stay, stay tuned to Vela News. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, Apple style. You're gonna have a nice big presentation. Yeah, Austin, awesome. you're gonna be in like a turtleneck up there <laughs> with like a, a projector. <laughs> we're yeah. disrupting mountain biking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you make a good point. Um, the coaching program is really something that we've put a lot of energy in and learn and we're in our we're going to be publishing our sixth edition of the coaches manual realize we're only coming up on our eighth birthday as a national nonprofit so in eight years look what we've been able to achieve and now the foundations in place around the country to bring more and more students and more adults back in as coaches to really empower communities through bicycling um, to do all the good that uh, is achievable really by being around a bicycle. So Cody, you were part of this program. You graduated from high school 2012. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, I went to Monrovia High School down in Southern California. What's the mascot? So, the uh, Wildcats. Wildcats? Okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. My college is the Bobcats, so I always get them mixed uh, up. Wildcats oh, to yeah. Bobcats. So many stick cats the, out there. Stick with the felines. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Um, Lower maintenance than dogs. <laughs> you know, tell us a little bit about your experience with the uh, the NICA chapter at your school. Why'd you get involved and like what, what what did you enjoy about it? What did you like about it? So it's a it's actually a pretty cool story. When I was in high school, no one at my team rode bikes and I didn't actually have a team at my high school. First year I raced independent, which means you have no team and you're just a lone wolf. The next year they have these programs for new leagues where it's a composite team. So it's a bunch of kids in the same area that all have high schools that don't have teams or enough people from each school to make a team. So I had, uh, another coach found me and we created this composite team, you know, eight to 10 kids and, um, and raced and I graduated high school. And since that team's kind of diminished as um, each high school's gotten its own team. And actually went back uh, two years after I graduated to the high school and they were trying to get the team started. And the principal was saying no and the school district was hemming and hawing. And I went and said, hey, look, I raced. I got, you know, I raced professional mountain bikes now. I'm on scholarship for an athletic scholarship for mountain biking. You guys need to support this program. All we're asking for is permission to use the school's logo. And then the next day they called the president and told him, hey, or the, not the president, the uh, principal and said, hey, you're gonna have a mountain bike team, get over it. And my sister got to race for four years on that team. And um, a bunch of kids that I knew from way back got to race. And so now my school has a team and, and cycling jerseys with my high school logo and everything, which is, it's cool to go back and see. But that's really what Nike has done is put cycling in high schools where there wasn't. And were you involved in cycling before that? I mean, were you like uh, from a cycling family or, you know, how did, how did the high school league help you 
I was from a, an outdoors family, yeah. but I was one of those kids who was going to race bikes whether Nike existed or not. Yeah. One of you know six kids in Southern California who was like that. <laughs> um, I found the league, and the cool thing for the, for me was I've always ridden with adults, and you're on a, a trade team, and you're with a bunch of older guys, and you're 16, and you, you can't be a kid. You know, I get to go to these races, and yeah, it's racing serious, but then the rest of the time we're running around playing hide and seek and doing campfires and just being kids and so for me i got to mix being a kid with bike racing which which i didn't do and and um i think for other kids they're going to be a kid regardless and you use being a kid and bring them into bike racing and and so i kind of came from the other end of how most nika students are um but it it, it it's really cool and yeah reading uh chris case's story about nika and bell news magazine from a couple issues back it's pretty interesting and impressive to me how the league is able to blend com- competitive um, a competitive drive along with just sheer just pure participation and just kids who can just show up and be there and be part of the experience and there's not a lot of bike races that actually succeed at doing that or high school sports that are all that's, inclusive exactly yeah that's very and true and that's high a huge sports. part of it Spencer and I really appreciate the, the article that Chris did was phenomenal and it really highlighted some of the, the stories that are coming out of our leagues that are, are not the traditional athlete and you realize most high school sports and that was my experience I went and tried out for the basketball team and I didn't make the cut see that's I, funny because you're pretty tall uh, yeah well tall <laughs> does not translate into necessarily Necessarily dunking ability and prowess on the court. <laughs> I won't throw it. I, I won't throw this ball towards you, Austin, in case you can't catch it. <laughs> that, that'd be a good bet. But the, the experience of being told, you know what, you're not good enough to be on the team as a high school student was really demoralizing for me. I didn't get to participate on a team at my high school. In the long run, I went on to speech and debate, and that probably worked out better in, in, in adult. <laughs> but with that said. Um, you know, it took me a long time to get over the fact that I just wasn't able to be on a team. And, and, and so now our program does not have tryouts. If you commit to the schedule and the rules of participation, you're on the team. And it doesn't make a difference if you're a super jock or if you're brand new to cycling. There's a space for you where you're part of a team and you get all the benefits of socializing with those other students and going off campus and exploring places on your bike. And that creates lifelong cyclists and more importantly, kids that are confident in their abilities, capable of taking themselves on their own human power and supportive of one another. So they become part of a culture uh, of supporting one another and being part of a program um, that really gives them opportunities on and off the bike and as a result our numbers are exploding right we have it we have high school teams that have 60 70 80 kids on them um in utah there's a team that had 100 junior hires their high school team was well over 100 one yeah high school. in boulder you know we have the the boulder junior cycling program but then uh, boulder high school and fairview i believe both have high school programs and we see those kids everywhere um, and like some of them are like really fast. You know, I, I as a cyclist, I got into cycling uh, in my 20s 
and I always hated it when I would be getting just dropped, like knocked around by some really fast junior. And now that I'm in my 30s, that's still the case. Oh, it happens all the time. So I blame you guys <laughs> for bringing all me these too. fast kids. They're going to be just destroying Fred, me on the group ride. You should try uh, coming out and coaching a team. You know, I coached Berkeley High for seven years, and every year, guess what? I got a year older, and, <laughs> and yet there was another crop of 16-year-old hotshots that were out to stick it to coach and they did a good job at it yeah. and and you know cody here you you were battling for the state championship as yeah. a varsity rider yeah. uh against the norcal varsity champ yep. who both of you went on and raced professionally yep. a bit and yeah. and it, i remember those battles like when socal and norcal oh, would come together it was, it was awesome. epic it started a month before on facebook with just <laughs> oh, smack yeah. talk yeah. that's some smack talk it, it was it was really fun it was we all got into it and kids that I raced in in Colorado which didn't have a league but we were all the juniors who raced in the national series and they would get in on it and they would start talking smack to everyone and it, it was really fun and then uh, at the end of the day we were all friends so with the with the overall perspective of NICA being so inclusive and everything like that is there room in these practices to take a rider like Cody and give him like a, a specific training plan or a workout if he's serious about racing to win a state championship how does that how do you find that yeah, balance with it, someone like him who's no, that's really a, a racer that's a great question there is a challenge you have a huge disparity between kids like Cody and some that are brand new to the sport and so that really comes down to the coaching curriculum curriculum that we provide so that coaches have resources basically to coach for sort of the middle of the road and, and a lot of it's skills-based to bring people that are new to the sport so that they're confident on their bike. They learn actually how to steer, brake, all that stuff. At the same time, identifying riders who've got all that in, in spades but are looking for the next performance improvements. And so we've created partnerships with companies like Training Peaks so that we have tools available to take training to the next level. And in some cases, um, some of our teams will partner with a, a local a coach who will create a customized plan for their varsity level athletes and then use tools like Training Peaks to monitor that so that the, the students all get what they need out of the program. And some of the more senior riders can actually provide mentorship opportunities for the younger riders, like ride, leading rides or demonstrating some skills. So that's a huge part about what we're doing is building strong bodies, mind, and character. So using students in leadership roles gives them those opportunities to grow their character traits and, and leadership opportunities. And to add on to that from my perspective, when I was a racer, uh, you know, I came in and practice was never a challenge and I wasn't going to learn anything new because I was a more experienced rider than the coaches were. But what it what it did give me and the skill for the future is I, I started coaching in a sense. You know, coach would say, hey, we're going to work on cornering. Can you offer some tips? And I would go through that and and I've found this this uh, reward out of coaching and this joy that has actually continued. So I coach now still with leagues when I have time, and and um, you know I'll take on junior riders and not I, just for fun. You know I don't charge them money or anything, and it's giving back to the sport. And and that is to me what's so amazing about Nike is it taught me to give back to people, and that I like giving more than I like getting. And I think free it coaching. Teaches, Oh, yeah. Free coaching offer right well, here. Guys, so, hey, I have some questions email, about the uh, intervals. Email at velonews.com. <laughs> yeah. And we will, uh, you guys look a little old. I'm going to need an ID check. Uh, I have some questions about the intervals I'm not doing. Um, do, I do, do I need to do them to get faster? Nah. Yeah, probably not. Skip them. Yeah. More pizza. Yeah, yeah. More pizza. That's what the high school kids <laughs> That's do. That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally, the kid who beat me at state champs ate pizza the night before. Oh, I was like, wow. Are you kidding me? Who was yeah. that? 
uh, Tobin Ortenbland. You might uh, yeah, know the name. Of yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been the pizza. I got yeah. him at Nationals, that, though, but know. he got me at St. Totally must so. have been the pizza. <laughs> so, Austin, I have a question for you, which is that, you know, I've, I've followed the the um, the growth of Nike, and, you know, some of the states, it's like a no-brainer that Nike's going to do well in. Colorado, boy, there's a ton of cyclists. Yes. Utah, a ton of cyclists. There's a real culture around mountain biking. There's trails. Mm-hmm. You know, there's infrastructure. There's industry. What... How do you go into a state where mountain biking may not be the most popular or even the top 10 most popular thing that people do? Like some of the, the like Southern California. Yeah, like Southern <laughs> California. Or I don't know, I'm thinking. Well, think about Arkansas, yeah. Georgia, Tennessee. Yep. I mean, these are states that we have strong leagues in, and you don't think of them uh, historically as hotbeds of cycling, right? right? So the South, Arkansas is our other league that just got going. Now we just finished our first year in North Carolina, Virginia, you know, uh, not exactly the the mecca for mountain biking. So the the key there, a couple things. One, we start uh, a year before we actually hold a race series. And that lead time allows us to do a lot of outreach um, and start telling the story and building interest from parents and adults who may be coaches. So we start building the, the foundation. And if anyone hasn't seen it and they're really interested in watching this experience, check out Single Track High, which is our uh, documentary. And you can download that online. Just search for it, Single Track High. Um, we make you a do cameo. Screen- yeah, we do screenings Ooh, of that. Right. Use that film to entice kids to say, wow, I'm really excited about this. So long outreach or long window to do outreach. And then secondly, um, really working within the community there. If there are any bicycle brands or the retailers, that's a big push to us. We go to bike shops and say, hey, would you like to get involved? Would you like to see more families in your shop? Which bike shop owner is gonna say no to that, right? They're like, yeah, we're, uh, we really need to build our business. Well, here's an opportunity. Help us spread the word to families that this program's coming and you can play a role in helping these kids get going on it. And so it's really a grassroots effort to build up that initial launch of a season. And then when it happens, the growth starts taking off organically. I mean, in Georgia, they have over 800 students now, uh, and that's a good trajectory, right? So it's gonna keep growing. As it, as the numbers get up there, those kids have the experience that Cody has, and they go back to their school, they're super excited, and like, wow, I just went to this park and we did this awesome event last weekend, you should come out with me. And then teams go from two or three kids to 10 to 25 to 50. <laughs> Again, Yep. The go neighborhood BMX gang. Well, now they have a group and a place to go compete and keep going. You know, everyone, when you're 10 years old, you ride bikes around the neighborhood and hang out and everything. Now you can do that. And now it's, it's. I see a group of kids and they're all buddies and they're not all on the soccer team. They're all on the cycling team. And they're, hey, dad, we need a coach. You got to be our coach for our team so we can have a team at high school, you know. That's awesome. And it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I think... When I think back to 10 years ago when I was reporting on the sport, so many of the the topics that manufacturers, USA Cycling, coaches were, kept coming back to was like, man, how do we grow participation? How do we grow participation in the junior ranks with young kids? And, you know, earlier today we spoke with Sabre Davison from the Lil Bellas talking about making cycling fun and having it be a game that also cycling goes along with. You know, with, with your organization, it's like, you know, making a safe space for kids to be involved in cycling, making it inclusive. And it just seems like there are these organizations that are cracking the code 
and uh, groups like you. And I, I think it just really bodes well for the future of American cycling. Yeah, I, I can't say enough. Like you mentioned Little Bellas and Sabra. They're a partner of ours. We have a, a, an alliance with them because they're focusing on really the middle school age kids. Well, we have high school age girls. And those girls act as ride leaders on the Little Bellas programs. And so how cool is that for a sixth grade girl to look up to a girl and say, wow, she's three years older than me. She's racing her bike. She's a really competent rider. I want to be like her. And it just feeds the system of the younger girls wanting to ride, and then they continue to ride. And we have found, especially with young women, that, and the studies show this, that if they're not engaged in something by the time they turn 14, the likelihood of them picking it up decreases precipitously. And so by introducing cycling to young girls and kids in general, when they're 11 or 12, and keeping it fun. That's the key. And one of the differences you just pointed out about back in the day of everyone saying, how do we get more kids? It was always a competition focused. Every, you know, who's going to be the next Lance Armstrong? Let's race these kids on the road. Well, no offense, but racing a crit when you're 10 or 11 years old is not fun. It's frightening. Spencer, can we confirm that? You raced that at that yeah, age, right? Yeah, not ideal. <laughs> yeah, that well, you might I was be more of a mountain biker actually back then. Okay. Yeah, fun fact that we had a little high school mountain bike team at my high school. It was just totally off the cuff grassroots, but um, we, we made like a little trail around our, our high school and just, I don't know, it was it was not Nike. It was definitely not as organized. Yeah. You know, I, I admire the, the kids who have that opportunity, yeah. But keeping, you know, back to that fun, that is what our teams ultimately are about. And the races, you see that if you ever come to a race, and I encourage anyone listening to this, if you've got a NICA program in your state, go check it out. Just go to an event. It, and a lot of people have said to me, oh, I've been to a lot of mountain bike races. I don't need to go to another race. And it's like, no, no, no. Go and walk through what we call the pit zone where all the teams hang out. And the vibe there is electric. It reminds me of the early days of mountain biking when you go to these events and there'd just be hundreds of people hanging out, having barbecues and camping and fun. And that is the high school scene. And the kids now with social media, which we didn't have back in the day, they know one another. They're smack talking against one yep. another across all these teams. <laughs> they all show up. They're all Snapchatting and doing whatever they do. The culture is just really, really electric. Uh-oh, Snapchatting. Snapchatting teens. I, they, oh, I think they're like the news is always talking about I, that I, stuff. I think Snapchat's already gone. Like, I'm still and, behind. And I've been, and I've been left behind, too, and it's I'm not over. even that old. Well, what is the new? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I got to go, go get back coaching. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Well, guys, I'm really excited about this. You know, how can people get involved? Where can they learn more? I would uh, suggest that people go to our website, www.nationalmtb.org. That's the first spot. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NationalMTB. Check out our Facebook site. And then there are links there to the various leagues, the state programs. So that's your, your good first place to go. But no Nike Snapchat yet. We, we are not that savvy. I am looking, and I, I'll throw this challenge out to anyone that's listening. We are looking for some young, savvy social media experts that want to step up and help us. Awesome, guys. Well, I really appreciate it. Austin, thank you so much for pumping more fast kids into my group ride to terror, terrorize my cycling. Um, and Cody, thanks so much for inspiring more fast kids to come out there and drop us. I really appreciate it. We'll do our best to keep it going. It's fun, so I'm not stopping anytime yeah. soon. Right on. Thanks, guys. Thanks.